Welcome to Care Captains, the podcast where Norbert Farkas has candid conversations with visionary healthcare leaders. Explore the projects, hurdles, and triumphs in disease prevention, diagnosis, and cure. Join us for a masterclass in healthcare innovation for well-being. In this episode, we delve into the exciting world of digital health innovation with Andrew Wu, co-founder and CEO of MeshBio, a pioneering health tech startup from Singapore. Andrew's journey marked by a shift from academia to diagnostics industry after completing his PhD. His experience in launching diagnostics instruments, liquid biopsy solutions, and his role as a caregiver have culminated in the creation of MeshBio, which leverages predictive analytics and digital twin technology to revolutionize patient care and chronic disease management. Andrew's leadership has steered the company through the challenges of building trust in the healthcare industry, achieving significant milestones such as the first subscription-based contract in Singapore, regulatory approval for the digital twin technology in diabetes care, and expanding their services to Indonesia. His advice to aspiring entrepreneurs centers on the importance of being driven by a real problem to solve and the relentless focus on execution. Join us in this enlightening conversation with Andrew Wu, a visionary leader shaping the future of healthcare through innovation and technology. Hi, welcome to another episode of Care Captains. Today, I'm delighted to have Andrew Wu on the show, who is running a digital health startup from Singapore Mesh Bio. Hey, Andrew, welcome to the show. Good evening to you. Thanks, Norbert. It's great to speak with you and it's a pleasure being on your show. Thank you for inviting me. Thank you for coming, Andrew. And um, for you today, I think the topic we are going to explore is entrepreneurship. But before getting into entrepreneurship in digital health, what made you start MeshBio and what was your career trajectory getting here, Andrew? Yeah, thanks for that. Uh, I guess before we get into why we started MeshBio, I guess maybe it's taking a step back on my career. The focus of my career has been very much been on developing and productizing solutions for healthcare, right? Specifically healthcare professionals, providers, doctors, as compared to direct to consumer. I guess the start of this journey was really after I finished graduate school, after I finished my PhD at University College London, where I realized personally I was much more interested in commercialization of technologies in that translational space between innovation and real products and solutions than pure academic research. So I made a conscious decision to join industry, right, where I was really privileged to have been provided a pretty um, leading position, right, early on in my career as technical director for cell technology, stem cell storage bank uh, in Singapore back then, it's called Life. And uh, that's where I really cut my teeth and really seeing how technology and it actually benefits the consumer, right? How working with providers, how new technologies have to be communicated well, have to be marketed well, value propositions have to be clear. And in that part of, as part of that journey, that's where I got exposure to vitro diagnostics, after which I joined ClearBridge, where I was firstly product director, uh, then chief operating officer and then chief product officer, developing 
in vitro diagnostic machines, right, focusing on oncology, specifically liquid biopsy, and also operating clinical laboratories. You know, that was a great journey, you know, four years at Cod Life, then seven years at Clearbridge. Had the chance to see technologies from the in its infancy, right, being licensed out from universities all the way to commercialization, regulatory approval. And for a life cycle of a startup, you know, which Clearbridge well was, you know, having the privilege of bringing Clearbridge Health, right, as the group uh, slowly matured from Clearbridge Health all the way to IPO on the Singapore Stock Exchange and Biolytics, which was a uh, subsidiary, also to IPO about 12 months later. And yeah, it's been a fantastic journey seeing how technology hits both healthcare providers and also um, bring about shareholder returns. This is very impressive. And I feel already the urge that you wanted to do it for yourself, you know, developing technologies, maybe licensing, commercializing them. And then you already mentioned IPO. So what made you start then MeshBio? Yeah, so it was actually towards the end of my time at Clearbridge, where, as I mentioned, I was running clinical laboratories, we were generating all these, all these multidimensional data for physicians, right, who were the users of our in vitro diagnostic solutions and tests, that we saw that physicians really struggled with the volume of data that they were receiving, not just from clinical laboratories, but multidimensional data that was also getting increasingly digitized, right? So electronic health records or electronic medical records, imaging systems. And perhaps they needed uh, tools, uh, solutions, in this case, uh, software, to make much more contextual sense out of these multidimensional data streams that they were getting in a more holistic manner so as to create greater value, and of course, ultimately delivering better patient outcomes. And personally, as a caregiver myself, right, uh, really seeing my own parents' care journey where they struggled from chronic diseases and uh, their journey was full of ups and downs. My mom struggled with high blood pressure or hypertension for many years, eventually had a stroke, uh, wasn't able to speak for two years because she lost a third of her left brain. And uh, yeah, I, we saw, my co-founders and I saw an opportunity to leverage predictive analytics to weave together a holistic view of patient data, right? And perhaps we could build something that was meaningful and valuable to healthcare providers to deliver much more personalized patient experience that could lead to precision medicine in chronic disease management. So that's the genesis of MeshBio, right? Where we essentially, MeshBio is a predictive analytics health tech startup. We are commercializing our health intelligence platform that is enabling healthcare providers to leverage the power of data, algorithms, software as a medical devices, right? In order to deliver personalized preventive precision medicine. And here we've also really taken this vision of commercializing computational biology tools, right? specifically on digital twin technology that can actually help to predict in a transparent, explainable way what are trajectories for chronic disease patients and more importantly, support clinical decision-making so as to mitigate a poor trajectory and lead to better patient outcomes. This is, I feel, really a personal story coming from 
also from your parents and of course from your career trajectory and this helped you to start with your co-founders mesh bio maybe before going into the solution what you offer in layman terms how would you explain predictive analytics to a non-expert audience yeah that's a great question well i think before we kind of delve into predictive analytics i guess to frame up current state of the way medicine is or healthcare is practiced in most places around the world is that healthcare is very reactive. We have a lot of tools at our disposal now today, specifically in diagnostics and imaging that helps us detect disease. When uh, an illness, uh, disease, or patients are already in a bad state, when this has been detected by our analytical or diagnostic technologies, Healthcare, the healthcare professional providers then react to, okay, what do I do next, right? Do I start to intervene? Uh, how intensively do I intervene, either through uh, medication uh, or through procedures? Now, the premise of predictive analytics is that if we look at multidimensional data streams, right, the hundreds of biomarkers that we have at our disposal today, and of course, it's important to mention that the emergence of new diagnostic modalities, such as genomics, such as metabolomics, I guess this whole field of multiomics, volume of data and diversity of data that's going to be increasingly at the disposal of healthcare providers is going to grow, right? Could we then not only understand or detect where the patient is at today, but where the patient is going to be in the next year, two years or three years, right? And with this predictive ability, looking at multidimensional data streams, where could we then intervene or make better clinical decisions on the next steps of a patient's journey? So that's how MeshBio thinks about predictive analytics. Our definition of predictive analytics is not just where are we today, what are the possible scenarios, what are put possible trajectories for a patient's health. And by extrapolating forwards one, two, three years, we can then make much more informed decisions on how intensively or how one should intervene in a much more personalized manner. Yeah, let me bring up an example, right? So I guess where predictive analytics first started in healthcare was in cardiovascular disease risk, right? Uh, Decades ago, right, we've come to understand that certain number of factors predispose an individual towards a heart attack, right? Elevated cholesterol, hypertension. Now, if these conditions persist, the patient will most likely end up in the ICU or in the emergency room with ischemic heart event, right? Or myocardial infarction. Now, that's where that's where the advent of uh, therapeutics like statins really started to kick in as a preventive medicine, right? But as you think about the decades that have gone by, the rates of cardiovascular disease not yet changed as much, right? So we are thinking about not just cardiovascular disease, but the entire realm of diseases that are interrelated as part of metabolic dysfunction, diabetes, heart disease, hypertension, liver disease, kidney. And this is where we think that the power of predictive analytics, because it can be much more powerful because all these diseases are interrelated. We very frequently see diabetes patients with both high cholesterol, hypertension, and eventually will get chronic kidney disease. 
So could we be thinking about this disease holistically so as to prevent something catastrophic like a heart, like a stroke? You might have had many challenges developing the application itself, coming up with the algorithms, collecting the data and interpreting them, and then most importantly, getting into clinical practice and applying your application, Dara. So can you guide us through what were these pivotal challenges developing, launching your application and maybe even scaling it where you are now? Pretty well known now that entrepreneurship isn't nearly as glamorous as some of the media put it out to be. And I guess there are general challenges of starting a young organization, leading it. And I guess what I feel most personally is growing as an individual, as a leader, to lead teams, to engage with uh, people who come from, or team members who come from different disciplines, uh, different backgrounds. Personally, I came from the world of in vitro diagnostics and, and innovation, having to work with uh, experienced sales leaders, having to work with co-founders who might have differences of opinion, having to work with uh, software engineers. So it's really about how do, we, how do I grow personally as a leader, at the same time giving direction and, and providing an environment where my team members, my peers, uh, have an opportunity to be challenged as well and thrive and grow with that organization. And as with any high technology startup, the, we're only as good as and only as, as successful as our people. But I guess if you want to think specifically in healthcare, when we're trying to build uh, a change or build transformation in healthcare, there was a much stronger element of trust uh, trust that needs to be built with healthcare providers and patients, right? Uh, the industry of healthcare tends to be very careful with adopting new technology. This new technology has to show itself to be very rigorously tested, robust and reliable, uh, because of course we are dealing with patients' health and patients' lives. And at MeshBio, we take this responsibility uh, and stewardship of healthcare data on our platform very seriously. So the challenge that any, I guess, any health tech startup, specifically those in the analytics space, in data space, have to be mindful of is how do we demonstrate trust and be responsible partners in this endeavor to deliver better patient outcomes. When you think about the application Dara, now you have been, I think, five years in business. What were these pivotal moments when you felt that, wow, okay, we are on the next level, we achieved something, we overcame a big challenge? What were these milestones, uh, Andrew? I would say it's when um, we won our, firstly, we won our first uh, subscription contract in Singapore. That was a two-year contract to work with a healthcare provider for their preventive healthcare medical checkup services. That first contract is always hardest win, right? Because as a company, we essentially have, at that point in time, no track record. And I think that was uh, a really a testament to how, as a team, we really focused on listening to the customer. Of course, as we built out our business plan, um, certain assumptions we made, decisions around the product and features, but common adages in entrepreneurship is that no business plan survives the first conversation with the customer. <laughs> and I will say that that 
was somewhat true for us, right? We didn't throw out all the entire business plan, but we had to really listen and really solve for problems that the customer felt was most urgent and not necessarily what we as developers and as builders felt we would like to build first. So keeping that customer-centric view of product development, uh, taking patient-centric view of how our technology can actually enable better patient care has been absolutely critical for reaching that first milestone of winning a customer long-term. I think the next important milestone for us was just less than 12 months ago, where as as a startup, we know our platform, Dara, had started to get a good take-up from the healthcare providers in Singapore. And Singapore, for us, was an important market, right? Not just because we're founded in Singapore, but also because Singapore is known to have a very good healthcare system, very high-quality doctors. And if healthcare providers in Singapore are resonating or adopting our solutions, this provides for us a lighthouse to the rest of the bigger region around Southeast Asia. So the next milestone is when we managed to win our next customer outside of our first customer outside of Singapore, right, in Indonesia, where we demonstrated that it was possible to take our solution to a regional market. And of course, Indonesia with a population of almost 300 million people, is the most important market in Southeast Asia within our region. And that for us was really a testament that, yes, not only are we building solutions that work within our local context, but we could be regional, move from being a single market to being a multi-country, multi-market company with our platform, Dara. And the next milestone, I guess, for us was getting regulatory approval for our digital twin health vector diabetes. So this is the world's first digital twin technology that has received regulatory approval for clinical use. We received that just a few months ago, got this Class B software as a medical device approval from the Health Sciences Authority in Singapore, which is our equivalent, our local equivalent of the FDA. Really setting ourselves apart once again, we're now becoming a multi-product company and a and in this case, software as a medical device. What a journey. And, you know, many questions where I would like to dive into, but let's stay on this track. And a new terminology came up, digital twin. So what, what is a digital twin, Andrew? Yeah. So a digital twin is a software model that simulates how a system functions. And this model would then be able to take in take in data streams or data inputs that give us an inclination of whether this system is functioning well or poorly. Now, and uh, in a parallel, in, uh, in a different industry, for instance, in aerospace, the, the digital twin technology or the digital twin approach has been popularized. A digital twin of a jet engine describes how a jet engine would function, right? So fuel delivery, so the fuel pump, how fuel pumps function, combustion rates, turbine blade, material science, and using all the sensor data of, of, of this jet engine, the digital twin will then be able to model uh, within the context of this engine. So whether this engine is uh, flying on a uh, small plane, like a 727, or a big plane, like a, a 787, or, and whether this 
plane is flying an Arctic route where the air is cleaner or equatorial route where the air is more polluted. And using this simulation data, uh, aerospace engineers can then uh, predict where are the potential failure modes so as to plan out preventive maintenance. So time to fix the fuel pump, time to fix this gasket or replace the turbine blades so as to, of course, mitigate or prevent something catastrophic from happening like a mid-flight engine failure. In a similar way, building on many years of research in computational biology, MeshBio has built a digital twin of human metabolism. Similarly, with sensor data, what we are leveraging within MeshBio's proprietary digital twin is clinical biomarkers, right? Once again, hearkening back to my time in in vitro diagnostics, where we leverage all these multidimensional data that's coming in from the EHR, from diagnostic laboratories to build a holistic, mechanistic, and transparent, explainable view of what's happening within an individual's health state, whether the current mechanisms or biology within this individual is functioning well, or whether there's some underlying dysfunctions that, for instance, predispose an individual to diabetes or a diabetes individual towards even more catastrophic events, such as a chronic kidney disease or kidney failure. And with this digital twin, MeshBio has been able to work with clinicians, validate it uh, using retrospective data. And now we've shown that with our solution, uh, doctors can actually predict which diabetes patient will eventually develop chronic kidney disease up to three years before it happens with very high predictive accuracy of uh, 86%. Yeah, tangent analogy, I think it makes it more tangible what the digital twin is. And I'm just wondering, you already alluded to the performance of the new solution. You are in preventive health, predicting the future. How do you measure success? How do you collect the right data to back up your solutions from the clinical and economic evidence perspective? I think we're, that, that's still a journey. Proof of the pudding is in the eating. So I think success for us means bending the curve in chronic kidney disease prevalence or incidence rates amongst diabetes patients. I think we're only on that start of the journey, right? Of course, this is built on many years of research, many amazing clinical collaborators in in healthcare organizations in Singapore that have um, worked with us to make this possible. I guess the starting point for this was, of course, the research, but actually as we matured computational biology, the digital twin technology, it's about working with healthcare providers to validate it. So this is where um, we've had the privilege to uh, work with longitudinal patient disease registries, and that's what's been uh, what's underpinned our clinical validation and then subsequent regulatory approval. I guess the next steps on the journey, and like I mentioned, with that we've just started working with the healthcare providers to adopt this as part of routine clinical use. Not that we have regulatory approval. So if we stratify individuals as high, moderate, or low risk for chronic kidney disease, how do we map this, these risk classes or risk levels to appropriate care pathways and interventions that make the most sense for changing that trajectory? How do we move an individual who's high risk of chronic kidney disease to moderate or low risk? How do we change the patient journey how do we change the ultimately the trajectory and the outcomes? It could mean 
re-looking at their the medication regimen that they're on. It could mean intensifying the amounts of follow-ups. It could mean something as simple as much closer uh, engagement between the dietitian and the individual or the counsellor and the patient for how they're going to adjust their lifestyle or their diet in addition to their medication and to ultimately enable them to live a healthier life that's preventive, not reactive. And uh, as I mentioned, always focused on is improving outcomes. And after this short overview on digital twins and then also on evidence generation, let's come back to the milestones of it. You have also successfully raised venture capital. Yeah, well, um, when I was at Cambridge, we were a venture-backed company as well. So uh, whilst I wasn't a founder, I had the great opportunity to work with experienced founders and to learn from their experiences about how to, I guess, build an organization uh, uh, communicate this to venture capitals and also ultimately to attract funding, right? And I guess in this season, I guess it's no secret that 2023 has been a challenging year for startups in terms of venture funding. We've been really privileged, gotten some interest from healthcare providers. And that really underpins a fundamental question that any VC that we speak to is going to ask in your mind, right? Is this does this solution work? Is this company a good bet, right? Is this company worth funding? And is the market ready for this technology? And I guess most importantly, is the team able to execute on this vision? I think these questions are by no means unique to MeshBio. It's certainly how most venture capitalists would measure any investment opportunity, any startup deck that that they come across. And uh, I guess there's no magic solution. It really boils down to being focused on the size of the problem that we're trying to solve for. When you think about solving a big problem, how do we break it up into solvable pieces one at a time and keep moving forward to execute out on our solutions and gain traction, adoption, product market fit to demonstrate that not only is the problem worth solving, this team, this team at MeshBio is able to solve this problem and problems are, and are able to scale. Let's come back to the team a bit. Definitely, you have a big problem to solve. Uh, you have uh, built a great uh, tool. How do you attract talent? You have a technical co-founder. Probably you need to have uh, colleagues who understand the healthcare system like yourself. I guess in healthcare, we really want to bring on board team members that care about the state of healthcare today and are motivated to spend their, um, their time, their energy, their careers, right, to solve these problems. It's certainly a challenging industry. And we found that those team members that thrive best and excel are those who feel this urgent this problem personally and are motivated to be part of the solution. Um, I think because we're at this intersection between biology or medicine and technology, we've tried to bring in a mix of both experienced professionals who have had years of experience in healthcare 
at the same time, professionals who might have spent most of their career in software, but now want to apply these skills in a impact area, right? Uh, improving patient outcomes. We also hire individuals who are at the intersection of both, right? So individuals with bioinformatics experience. I'm really, really lucky, really, really blessed to have a co-founder, Arsen, who has many decades of experience and, and as essentially the inventor of our digital twin technology. And um, I guess we see uh, the starting point as really of MeshBio with myself and Arsen and Melvin as well as being an, uh, an interdisciplinary, multidisciplinary team. And certainly as we grow the company, it's continuing this uh, culture of respect for each individual's expertise in their domain, but it's in that convergence of our respective expertise that innovation happens and meaningful solutions can be created. Now, um, attracting them hasn't been uh, easy. Communicating our mission, keeping focus on our North Star, which is patients that we are ultimately serving through healthcare providers, uh, has is is our main, I guess, selling point, right? And it's certainly something that we measure ourselves uh, every every chance we get, right? How we are serving patients better, how we are enabling healthcare providers to um, deliver better care, making this visceral, real, and constant as as our north star is what keeps this team together and hopefully attract uh, is able to attract even more talented individuals to join us on this journey and on this mission since five six years uh, i've been also uh, covering um, uh, digital health solutions and i had a feeling in the beginning it was there was a really a, a hype maybe there was a technology trigger and, you know, there was really, according to the Gartner hype cycle, these inflated expectations. And then there was this disillusionment when, oh, things don't work as they expected. Uh, the business model mm. is not proven. How do you see this in your business and general in, in digital health? I'm glad you mentioned the whole hype cycle thing, right? So we've tried to kind of uh, not make our business decisions based on the hype that's around our space because ultimately it boils down to um, our North Star, right? Once again, are we delivering value to patients? Are we delivering value to healthcare providers? Um, sometimes startups can get quite blind, blinded by all the media, even social media, like on LinkedIn and or even the chatter that's around technology or nowadays is generative AI. When the hype is come and gone, has the company built solution that our customers, in this case, healthcare providers are willing to pay for, willing to buy? Are we, have we demonstrated enough value within our solution such that um, we can sell this to healthcare providers at a, at a good unit economics, right? With a decent enough margin. That means that company will be sustainable in the long run. I've never believed in building a company for venture capital funding. Rather, I would see that venture capital funding is a moment in the life cycle of a company where certain resources need to be activated or utilized in order to build that new future that 
the founders and the team uh, uh, have put themselves behind, right, to make happen. Venture funding will eventually also need to get paid back, right? Venture capital does require exit, right, a return from their investment. Uh, that, and that return on investment can only be possible if the company ha- has been built on sound business models, uh, sound unit economics that are sustainable in the long run, right? So that's how we think about uh, company building in the midst of all the, I guess, hype, noise around digital health and, and startups. Um, and uh, yeah, how we make decisions one step at a, at a time. Ultimately, we are building MeshBio to be a company that will be here in, in, for the next years to come, hopefully decades to come even. And you know, we, we have many good examples to learn from in healthcare companies that have been here for 100 years, right? Like Roche, like J&J or, or AstraZeneca that have been here for, for decades, right? And are continuing to be leaders in their field. Maybe two final questions. Number one, what keeps you awake these nights? You mentioned the digital twin a diabetes solution got regulatory approval. You expanded to Indonesia. So what are these big items, what you are thinking of these days? Yeah, what keeps me awake the night most nights is my team, right? I'm always thinking about uh, how uh, each of my team members are learning as, we, as, they, as they contribute towards MeshBio's mission. Um, in the next three steps that we need to take as an organization who's in the best place to stretch themselves and take that next three steps for themselves as individuals as we take the next three steps as a company right who is ready for new challenge and how do we enable them to be successful because as it mean whilst we have of course the strategy and the mission and business objectives and quality KPIs that we need to hit as an organization really boils down to each individual on the team and how they are thriving. And and if they're not thriving, how do we create the environment situation where they can overcome what they're facing and start to thrive, right? And if we're all thriving individually, we will be able to thrive collectively as an organization. So that's that's what keeps me up at night. Everything starts with your team and then they can build the right tools and serve the customers. You are so right with this. Final question. You left the industry. You started your own company. What would you recommend (laughs) as fellow wannabe entrepreneurs or maybe people who are thinking of leaving the industry behind, starting their own venture? What would be this wisdom, what you would give to them, Andrew? I would say that, um, well, firstly, I didn't start out being set out to be an entrepreneur. The journey really started when my co-founders and I saw a problem and we felt an urgent, urgent need to solve it. I would caution anyone who steps out on the entrepreneurship journey for the sake of entrepreneurship, right? Because uh, the journey isn't isn't easy. And I guess my advice would be, um, yeah, certainly the future is being built by by what you can imagine, right? Or what you see is possible. But having that vision, that imagination is not enough, right? 
it really boils down to what are you obsessed about and can put your will towards execution, execution, execution. Very, very nice uh, thoughts. Andrew, thank you very much for sharing all these insights with our audience. It was a pleasure, pleasure having you on Kia Captains. Thank you. Thank you so much, Albert. It's a real, real pleasure. I hope you have enjoyed another episode of Care Captains. See you next week.